Hi, this is Mark Moxley from Lake Street Supply in downtown Chicago. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches. He's gone deaf from 20 years of answering gardening questions. And she. Uh, here they are Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. I get it. Yeah. Did you get that joke? What? 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 Okay. In fact, I uh, uh, to even uh, get the joke better. All right, give me just a second here while I find my stuff here. Boom, boom, boom. We'll just kind of sing for a couple. La di da, di da, di da. Good planets are hard to find. That's what I wanted to find. All right, just (laughs) for the joke. Just for the joke. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Hey, uh, another gray day in Chicago in January. How does that work? I think um, we we saw the sun about a week ago was the last time. I'm trying to remember. It has, it has been a while. Yeah. Um, and I, I lo- last I looked, there are no gag orders on this radio show yet. Nope. Um, our documents are still getting out there, right? Yes. Yep. We're still online, right? No uh, one has shut us down. No, no one has stood. detweeted us. That's right. Great. Detweet, is that a word? Detweet. I like that. I, it's, a, it's a good word. Um, yeah, and we haven't had to do screenshots to preserve all of the, the data on our website. So we will keep broadcasting until somebody shuts us down. Sounds uh, good. And today, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we are very pleased to have on the show Melinda Myers. Uh, and she is, oh my goodness, uh, well, I'll do the proper intro for her when we bring her on the phone in the second segment. But uh, she's done this before. She's, she's done radio, she does TV, she does print, she does online, she answers gardening. Yesterday she was speaking at a gardening seminar. Nobody's invited me to speak at a garden seminar yet. Um, but that's that, that was a hint out there, by the way. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, give us a call. 847-475-1590. Or you can give my private phone a call, but uh, I'm not going to give that out. No, no, no. However, my email address, Mike at MikeNovak.net. So uh, she's on, and so get your questions ready. They're, we're basically going to cover a couple of things. Um, we are going to start with uh, pruning for winter. So if you, if you, and for a lot of people, it's a mystery. They have no idea. We'll talk about that, and we're also going to talk about how to choose a landscaper. How's that? How's them apples? Uh, so, you know, you want, to, you want to make sure you're getting it right. So uh, if you're interested in that, 
uh, give us a holler, 847-475-1590. And Melinda and I, mostly Belinda, (laughs) will try to answer (laughs) your gardening questions to the best of her ability. Rick DeMaio, I I forgot to, oh boy, we better uh, text him right now. Tell him same time, same bat channel um, as last week. I was going to do it this morning, and then I forgot. I forgot. We'll do that. Okay. So we'd better do that. Uh, Rick DeMille weather here at, uh, we assume, at about uh, 1049, Mm -hmm. as we have been doing it. And, yes, we are indeed one hour uh, again today. That uh, They they keep telling us it's going to happen. The two-hour thing is going to happen soon. So stick around. Stick around for that. We will. It's the anticipation of the two hours. We will eventually get to yeah. uh, the two hours. So, uh, once again, uh, I will give we'll give the uh, how, what do we got there uh, sonar before uh, break? Say again. What do we got before the break? Now, I thought it was before like before the break. Three. We are going to break at thirteen hours. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So let's do a couple of things. And and uh, people... I I want to play this first so that we get this out of the way. Celebrate local, sustainable, humane, and fair food at the Good Food Festival. Connect with local farmers and food producers. Learn from chefs like Rick Bayless and Paula Haney. Shop the Good Food Marketplace and enjoy delicious food in the Good Food Court. Entry to Saturday's General Festival is free this year with online registration. Good Food Happens Saturday, March 18 at the UIC Forum in Chicago. Visit goodfoodfestivals.com putting that in there because uh, uh, it is coming up, and that's one of the things we're going to talk to Melinda Myers about. Uh, the other is uh, we're going to give away her DVD, mm-hmm. $200 value. Okay, I'm going to give you the question right now so you can start. Uh, and you might, um, Sonar, you might want to get Melinda on the phone quickly because uh, if people start calling in, we're going to need to have her on the line. So here's the question we're going to ask folks. Give us, you got to give us three benefits of dandelions. Three benefits of dandelions, and it's not that hard. This is really not a so hard. You can make question. wine with it. Uh, don't don't start. What are you doing? What are you? That doesn't count. You can't use that one now. Eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety. Eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety. Listen to this music. This is interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a sonar production. Okay. And uh, give us a call if you answer that question correctly. You will get yourself. A DVD worth $200. Stick around. Melinda Byers coming up next on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Are our mics hot? All right. <laughs> We're gonna do, well, I'm going to do a, a, a list of songs that uh, we have played in the last... Uh-huh couple of weeks and uh we're gonna do new stuff all the time welcome back to the mike novak show on 1590 wcgo let's go straight to the phone lines and bring in melissa myers melissa good morning good morning it's so great to talk to you have you recovered from your double dip day yesterday you know it was a great recharge of batteries you know we had talked about how you get into a room full of gardeners and you just feel the energy and I think all these gray, dreary days and lack of time in the garden have really taken its toll on all of us. So at least we can talk about gardening outside and maybe do a little indoors 
and you know, as these days get a little milder, maybe even do a little pruning outside. Yeah, we'll talk about that this morning. If you got a question about pruning, because I know to a lot of people it's a mystery, it's magic, it's it's scary, imp- it's scary, it's impossible. <laughs> Nobody knows how to do it. Um, we also uh, let me let me introduce Melinda first, uh, who is a nationally known gardening expert, TV and radio host, author and columnist. With over 30 years of horticultural experience, she's written more than 20 gardening books. Hey, I, I thought I was fancy. I've, got, I've been doing this for 20 years, and uh, you've got me beat by 10. And you've even got me beat by, by 19 books, yeah. all right? Yeah, uh, maybe I'm just more crazy than you. <laughs> I, you might be. Uh, she hosts a nationally syndicated Melinda's Garden Moment programming. It airs on 125 TV and radio stations throughout the U.S., uh, Melinda also hosts the internationally distributed Great Courses How to Grow Anything DVD series, which we're trying to give away. We're trying to give away one of those, um, which is the uh, pruning one. It is, um, let me see, I've got it here. It's uh, on trees and shrubs. And right, it, how to make your trees and shrubs thrive. Oh, th- and that was it. And that was the question I was going to have for you. I the the title of it is very interesting. It's it's almost an order how to make your trees and shrubs survive. It's not how to let them shri- uh, thrive. No, no. We're yes. going to force them into compliance here. So so is is this an order from the new president? You will make your trees and shrubs survive. Yikes. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Uh and so the question out there, and we've already got a call, but I'm going to give a couple more people a chance and we'll see what happens. Candace, you're going to be the first one we go to when we answer questions. Uh, and the question is, if you would like how to make your trees and shrubs survive, uh, the question is, give us three benefits of dandelions. Three benefits of dandelions. Okay. Now, it doesn't have anything to do with trees and shrubs. It was just a question that Melinda and I came up with that we thought, this is not the easiest in the world, but it's not the hardest in the world either. And, of course, my partner, Peggy Malecki, gave away one answer already. Oh, no, that was an easy one. That was, that was, that was just a giveaway. Anybody would have that answer. Uh, so, anyway, give us a call at 847-475-1590, 847-475-1590, and we'll see if we can get you... This DVD set on trees and shrubs. Make your trees and shrubs survive. Thou shalt. <laughs> a 200, actually, it's not even a $200 value. It's one ninety nine ninety five. What's that all about? We lied I, about five. You know, we think we can fool people with that extra I know. five cents. I look at it and I go, oh, that's $200. <laughs> wow, that's $200. Uh, okay. So that's the story. So we got a couple of folks calling in. We will get to you in just a sec. Hang on. Let's start with the, the making your trees and shrubs survive. First of all, why is the winter, uh, and I was trying to explain this to Ron Cowgill uh, from Mighty House uh, in the previous hour, why it's a good time to prune trees and shrubs right now. Well, one, we're dying to get outside. So that's always a good start. You're in a good mood. Two, you can see the shape much easier when there are no leaves in the way. And so I I always laugh when you start pruning, the mistake we all make is you take a little cut here and a little cut here, and 15 cuts later, you take the whole branch out, and you could have made one cut instead of 16. 
and what? Yeah. Oh, come on! That's <laughs> that's the fun of it. <laughs> it is if you have one plant, but you know, and so that's okay, and it's a good place to get start started. When I used to teach um, landscape maintenance at our technical college, I would go out with the students and we would prune, and we were pruning on campus, and I just said, you know what? Go for it, because it's pruning paranoia. When you go start pruning for people for a living, you know they're looking out their window watching you, right, going, ooh, ooh. The neighbors, yes, yeah. the neighbors. <laughs> exactly. So at least when there are no leaves on the tree, the plants dorm it, they're going to close those wounds more quickly as growth begins in spring. Fewer the diseases and insects are dormant at this time of year for the most part. Right. So we're doing it when the weather is conducive for the plant, but not so for the problems that can move into those wounds as we make our cuts. And so it's, and I just find it's just, we're all dying to get outside. You know, there's the old saying, you can prune whenever the the saw is sharp, but I think this is the best time from the health and standpoint of the tree and from the gardener as well. And there's less to do, so you can take your time and do it right, not rush through it. You can lead a horse to the trees, but you can't make him prune it. There's something. There's something in there. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm not Can sure I what. Quote that one. Yeah, yeah. Because hooves do not handle pruners very well. Actually, loppers not so bad. But, exactly. But but you know you you mentioned something about the, the the making one cut versus six and that sort of thing and it does happen sometimes because I know when I prune stuff in my yard and I got a couple of plants that I'm kind of regretting I put in there because they need pruning almost every year. Um, I got a crab apple that I wouldn't mind girdling at this point. I mean, I love I, I love the bl- blooms in the spring. It's beautiful, and it's one of those varieties that never gets apple scab. Okay, so it's always healthy. It looks fabulous, except it grows out of control, and it's got suckers uh, at the base all over the place, and uh, it's just too big for my tiny little yard. And I'm thinking, you know, get me a bulldozer, and maybe I'll just. So, but but what I've learned about pruning that, the point was, you, I, I, I take the loppers out and I start making cuts, and then I step back, and I go, yeah. okay, what do we got here? All right, what do we, oh, I need to balance that on the other side. All right, let's go to the other side. Oops, too much off of that side. Okay, I got to balance it on this side. <laughs> and And sometimes that's what it is like. It's just a matter of stepping back and getting a sense of, sometimes what you realize is when you started, you were way too timid. And you just need to be a little more aggressive. And and you're right. And sometimes it's the stepping back and reevaluate. And you should always be stepping back throughout the pruning process. That's a great point, Mike, because you're right up there in the plant and you make your cuts, but you don't really, you need to step back to see the result of those cuts you've made. And I also, in my old, when I lived in the city, had a beautiful candy mint crab apple, loved it. The birds loved the fruit in the spring. The beautiful blossoms didn't get disease, but boy, uh, I had to prune it so I could get back to my backyard through the walkway. <laughs> and, yeah, and and it was one of those that it was a great tree. It looked beautiful, but it was just a tad too bit for the spot, big for the spot. Yeah, right? and and we all do it. So if that, those of you at home going. Mike and Melinda put the wrong plant in. <laughs> it happens more than we like to say. Where's, where's, the, where's the dinger? We got our di- oh, there, great. All right, we need a dinging bell there. There's both of them <laughs> to show that we are we can be dumb too in our own backyards, <laughs> and it's true. Uh, I I'm at a point where I would like to take that tree out, 
and do something different now. And that's the other thing that happens is if you've got a tiny space, you can't, it's, it's kind of hard to play with. Uh, it, it is. And you get locked in. And sometimes you get locked in in a bad way. And you think, no, that's, I'm, my tastes have changed in a decade. And I want to do something different. Um, and you shouldn't be afraid to yank out a tree uh, if, you know, if it, it depends on the tree, too. I mean, if it's a, if it's a, a mature oak, no, you leave it, okay? Work Just, around it. Yeah, really. But if it's a, if it's a 20-foot crab apple, eh, you might, you might consider it. It's kind of up to you. Um, but put in another one, something that's going to replace it. Uh, and, and my feeling is put in a native. And so it's going to provide habitat for our local uh, insects. Our, uh, and because we, we were talking insects last week, bumblebees, um, and other animals. All right. Well, let's get this question answered before we have to go to break here. Um, let's go to Candace in Berwyn there, Sonar, and uh, bring her on board. Uh, we'll start with Candace. Are you with me, Candace? Candace. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. All right. Here is the question. Give us three ways that dandelions... Or what, what did we say? Three good traits of, of, of dandelions. What do you got, Candace? Well, by far, the most important is that they're one of the first spring wildflowers for, for the bees, for the yeah. pollinators. Give her a ding. That's one. Numero I uno. Mean, they, yeah, they've been struggling all winter, and people clean up their yard, so that's, you know, it's hard enough to get through the winter. They, these guys need to eat. You are you are a woman after my own heart. You're, I already know where you're going with that. It's like... Uh, we I railed against neatness freaks last week on the show. <laughs> I'm with you. Oh man, just leave those leaves there. Leave all the junk there. It's it's habitat. It's good for bees. All right, so that's number one, Candace. Uh, number two, of course, everyone knows the leaves are great for salad. There's number two. Yes, have you ever done that, Candace? I have. I have. You know, I um, did. I did not too. Not often. Not no. often. Yeah, I'll tell you the truth. They are edible, but you better cook them. You better cook. Yeah. You better. And you have to you have to mix them with other greens. So yeah. Not too... And if you don't do bitter, forget it. Yeah, yeah. because they are they are bitter. Um, and, you know, there are some other plants that are come close to that bitterness, but it's an acquired taste. So I've tried it. I like you, Candice. I don't do it all the time, but I have been known to cook dandelion leaves. All right. What is number three, Candice? Well, one that. Um that I consider, although I've reduced most of my lawn for uh, native prairie, is that if you have lawn left, they're great for aeration. The roots are good to aerate your soil. Wow, you nailed it. You nailed (laughs) it. Uh, John from Arlington Heights, hold on. I'm going to get to you in a second, John, too, okay? We're going to do a consolation contest. Candace, that is awesome. You're really good. The other one uh, uh, Peggy mentioned was you can make wine out of it. Mm, Peggy, you're a woman after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what else? Is there anything else, uh, Melinda? We mentioned. Did we mention something else? Calcium issues. Right. Yeah. The, the roots can get used for medicinal purposes. Yeah, and they and they and the plant itself brings calcium to your soil. Um, and if you've got a, a calcium depletion, those long roots that you're talking, and which are the bane. Of a lot of gardeners, right. by the way. It's, it's sort of uh, the dandelion giveth and the dandelion taketh away. So if you're trying Chalk to get rid of, of it. vitamin C. What's that? Chalk vitamin full of C, vitamin C, good C. point. Mm-hmm. Chalk full of vitamin C. Oh, I'm sorry. We're all out of prizes for you, Sonar. <laughs> <laughs> you want a water bottle, Sonar? Yeah, shall we? 
Uh, so, uh, Candace, hang on. We're going to put you on hold. I assume you're a gardener, by the way, Candace. I, I'm trying. Yep. I, uh, getting ready to, I did a lasagna garden in my front lawn. I'm getting ready to do that with, uh, prairie plants, uh, in the spring. Good for you. you. My, my whole backyard is all prairie or native plants anyway. Well, that's awesome. That's that's S- see, send us a photo, Candace. Yeah, we'd love to see that. Send it to Mike. Mike, oh, no, you'll have to wait a few months. But well, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you could send it now, and I could see all the junk on the ground, and I would go, yeah, that's there's true. a good gardener. Um, and you would see the beauty in in that winter garden oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, there's uh, unfortunately not a lot of snow this year, not up yeah. uh, Chicago way. Um, but uh, all right, Candace, we're going to put you on hold. Uh, you're going to give your mailing address uh, to Sonar. And we will send you, I've, I've got it in the box right here in the studio. I, I got the box from you, Melinda, and I haven't even opened it. So we'll just slap another label on it and get it out in the mail uh, as quickly as possible, Candace. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Thank you for calling and thank you for listening uh, to uh, WCGO. Have, have you ever heard the show before? Oh, long time listener, years. Yay! Okay, I, give that. From, uh, <laughs> no matter which venue you end up with, I'm usually there. <laughs> and I appreciate Excellent. it. I do appreciate it. All right, hang on, and Sonar will get to you. Uh, let's, Ken, uh, before you do that, Sonar, can we go quickly to John, too? Uh, John, uh, you got beaten to the punch by Candace. Yes, I did. However, I'm going to ask you a quick question. When is the proper time to prune your forsythia? In the wintertime. Oh, I was trying so hard. <laughs> can, uh, Belinda, can we give him another? I, oh, I want, yeah. It, it, um, uh, the, the point out, okay, uh, just so you know, the forsythia, no, not the winter, because it blooms in the spring. That's another point we were going to get to in a second. Oh. So, and it won't hurt the plant, just so you know. The plant will be fine. You yeah. just won't get blooms. And, you know, forsythia, that's really their main attribute so here's here's what i want you to do we're going to discuss this john uh i am going to send you a copy of my book attack of the killer asparagus as a consolation all right uh are you a regular listener to the show too or is this new for you well i've listened before not regularly but i will be well i i sure hope so i'm bribing you that's the whole idea i'm bribing you okay so (laughs) You feel guilty. Uh, and maybe we now can even to. toss in another book or two. Yeah. All right. We're going to give you, uh, uh, put you on hold, and uh, you talk to Sonar, get your address to him, and I will get you a copy of the book. Uh, Thank well, you very much. You're quite welcome. Thanks for listening to 1590 WCGO. Melinda, hang on. i got to do some business. We'll get back to pruning and other stuff, okay? Okay. Sounds great. That's Melinda Myers. Now, one of the greatest challenges facing our world today is how to make our planet more sustainable. The Great Lakes Bioneer Series speaker series addresses this issue in three free talks february 7th 21st and 28th at mchenry county college in crystal lake resiliency citizen science and environmental justice take center stage in this series of free talks sponsored by mchenry county college sustainability center dale sands leads off on february 7th he's the global practice director for ch2m he'll speak on resiliency climate change and communities on the edge all events are at 7 p.m Contact the MCC Sustainability Center, 815-479-7765 or mchenry.edu slash green. We'll be right back with Melinda Byers.
by request <laughs> from Sonar to Melinda. Hey, it reminds me when I was in uh, college radio way back in the day, and it would be, hey, uh, can you play a song for Melinda? And uh, I want I want you to play Let's Spend the Night Together. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's that? Casey Kasem's request. You got it, baby. Uh, thanks, dude. You're only the, the 17th person in the last half hour to uh, to ask me about that particular song. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, Melinda Myers uh, is on the phone with us. We're talking pruning. We're talking in a second uh, how to choose a landscaper. And my advice would be choose a good one. Yeah. Um, yes. What are you cheating this on? This is old. That's the old one. Oh, yes. I was just going to use it for uh, for Melinda's information, but I don't need that. Yes, except she's... this is last week's people. Oh, that's last week's. <laughs> you you'd have loved that. How smooth, Peggy. I I picked up this piece of paper in my hand, and Peggy just sort of whoop slipped it right out. She just said whoop. Nope, don't read that. You want to read this? Uh, nationally known garden expert, TV, radio, blah 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 blah. blah. Right. She used to host her own radio show up in Milwaukee. Uh, and then they kicked her out, and she said, oh, yeah, I can do TV instead. That's so much better. And she did, and she does. And uh, you can check out uh, Melinda's Garden Moment, but mostly go to her website. All of this is on the website. There are 8,741 pages on her website. I counted them, okay? I counted them last night. In fact, I didn't get any sleep at all because I was counting the pages on your website. But it's uh, Melinda Myers, and it's spelled M-Y-E-R-S dot com. You even got a dot com. I couldn't get MikeNovak.com because somebody already had it. Uh, well, but, see, there's not many. Well, there are a few Melinda Myerses, but not, 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 not as many as Mike Novak. Yeah, but not with spelled M-Y-E-R-S? Yeah. I, you know what? I, so the funny story. When I was teaching, one of my students came up and said, well, um, I was looking for something on your website, and I got to this website. There was a Playboy bunny named Melinda Myers in the 50s. <laughs> and I said, boy, weren't you disappointed when you came to class? <laughs> wow. Oh, how about yeah, that? Yeah, I know. So anyway, that is not me. And can you imagine what I would look like anyway if it was in the 50s? <laughs> Even worse. So. Oh, my goodness. So... And one of the things that Melinda does when she's on the show. And she always does. Uh, so, and she's in the process of doing that right now. Uh, we're talking pruning. And by the way, if you've got a question, uh, here, here's the expert. 847-475-1590. 847-475-1590. Eight four seven four seven five one five nine zero. If you got a question, you know, let's get back to the, the question about the forsythia. Um, I was trying to throw our caller a softball, and it didn't work. That sometimes happens too, but that's okay because this is what you need to know about pruning. Yes, winter is a great time to prune a lot of trees and shrubs, but not all of them. Which ones should people not prune at this time of year, Melinda? Well, spring flowering shrubs like forsythias and lilacs, the bridal respireas, those have already set their flower buds. They set those in the summer, and then we enjoy the blooms the following spring, and right after flowering, and I always say right after, you have a little leeway, but I know how we all are. I'll do that next week, I'll do that <laughs> yeah. next week, and then you miss your moment. So 
you wait till after bloom, then you do your pruning because that way you get the flowers and then you can control the growth as needed and then you'll be set for next year. If we prune them in the winter, it won't hurt the plant, but you eliminate the blooms. And, you know, for Scythias, once they're done blooming, they don't really have much to shine. You know? No, there's not a lot not yeah. a lot to recommend them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, but, well, they are blooming. And here's the problem I have with Scythia, and this actually relates a little bit to landscaping and people uh, who do that. Um, why do people insist on cutting their forsythias in not only into ball shapes but into square shapes you know they use them as hedges and i think that's one of the dumbest things ever because if you've ever seen a forsythia that's allowed to have a natural shape it's like fireworks going off it's unbelievable you know and it's more work to keep it into a rectangle tuna fish can shape gum drop <laughs> yeah, it is you know it, it, and and it's not natural for the plant so it's not healthy because when we take the shears we leave all those little stubs perfect for insects and diseases to move in yeah. bad for the plant you're right it looks abnormal and what? and when plants are allowed to grow their normal their normal form they are gorgeous yeah and, one, and you, you just mentioned that, you know, uh, opening them up to insects and diseases. The other thing that happens, if you're always nipping at the edge of the branches, you get what they call witch's broom. Mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. all these tiny, tiny little branches that come out, and it's not elegant at all. So well, you've defeated the whole purpose. And then you have those naked ankles, so you have the stems that have no leaves, <laughs> right. all the growth on top, and so you need to start reclaiming them. You know, gradually take out an older stem here and there right back to the ground. Leave the suckers. Now, on shrubs that put out stems, multiple stems, those are okay to leave. In fact, those are the things we want to leave because they're going to be the new growth. And red twig dogwoods are a great plant to start with because they're color-coded. You prune out the old brown stems, leave the bright red ones. You'll stimulate new growth that's going to be bright red. Older stems fade in color, so you know. You know, if you're feeling a little timid, that's a good one to start with. You it, know, right? A red twig dog, and and the th- and Vince is uh, on the phone. I'm going to get to you in just a second, Vince. Hold on a second. Uh, the the thing about the color coding is perfect because most people, when they start pruning for the first time, are afraid to cut all the way to the base. Yeah. And as you said, if you take a red twig dogwood and the twig is no longer red but it's a dark color or gray or brown, that's the one you cut, and you cut it all the way at the base and just leave the younger ones, and you will have a beautiful plant. Exactly. And once you start, you'll be sold. I, you know, I think what it is is do your first cuts, get over the fear, watch what happens in your landscape. You can always do a little corrective pruning as needed, and it, pretty soon it's going to be second nature, and you're going to enjoy the beauty that you've created with by working with the plant instead of against it. All right, let's take a quick phone call. Vince is in Melrose Park. Uh, good morning. You're on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. How you doing, Vince? I'm doing real good, real good. Just couldn't be better. Um, I've got a blue spruce. I bought it, and it was supposed to grow 12 to 14 foot. Oh. I think somebody switched it big. <laughs> the thing is about 20-some feet now. Wow. And it, I planted ones. it in an area that's real close to my house. Of course. And it's getting closer to the electrical <laughs> wires. Yeah. Now, I would like to save that tree because it is beautiful. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I call a couple of villages. 
way they were going to come get it for their Christmas tree um, because I just didn't want it to go to waste, and I just was heartbroken. And now you folks are talking about pruning. If I call a professional uh, tree trimmer, can he trim that down to like 8 to 10 feet if he goes all the way around and cuts it back? Or am I going to have to take that tree out? How big did you say it is now, Vince? 20 feet. 20 feet? About 20 feet. Yeah. To the the height tip is about 20 feet. Melinda, he's got some bad news coming, right? He does, and you're going to let me share that, aren't you? (laughs) Yes, I am. Melinda's the the bearer of bad tidings. Exactly. Here's the deal, Vince, and I'm I'm really, I'm sorry, because that is so disheartening, and I can't tell you how many people, I used to be uh, the assistant city forester in Milwaukee, and we get 50 calls a year with people in the same position as you. Um. Here's what happens with pines and spruces. They're terminal growers, so they put their growth out at the tip. So if we were to cut back branches where there are no buds, no needles, you're just going to have a dead branch there. If you reduce the height in half or more, which is what you'd have to do, you may not kill the plant, but it would send up multiple leaders, and you'll have like a little bush on top of this tree. And so it's oh. gonna look, yeah, it's gonna look really <laughs> yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah, there's a picture. So I I, I feel your pain. Um, I think your idea. You know, there are a lot of places that may take it for a holiday tree, and that's another way to make a second a good second life for that tree, as you mentioned. And then somebody may be able to shred it up and use it as mulch for pathways, you know, or you know, in a woodland setting or something, so yep. that you yeah. can. You know, give it a second and third life. I had somebody was talking to me about they had a sent me pictures of their Japanese maple that had a huge canker at the base and very misshapen, and he wanted to prune it very severely. And I said, well, you know, I'm worried that the tree is really suffering, and it might be best that you get rid of it and replace it with a more suitable tree. And his line was, yeah. you horticulturists are so heartless. <laughs> we are. And, you know, sometimes you just got to cut them off at the ankles and move on. And I know that sounds harsh, Vince, but the good... Well, I'm it's not a, uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Boy, now sorry. I really feel bad. Oh, geez. My daughter and I planted that tree. Oh, oh no. Oh, now it my was, heart's breaking. It was... Yeah. It was... She was taller than that. Taller oh, than the tree when we planted it. And she was five years old. So how oh. far could you be? Four foot? Yeah, well... We took care of that tree... And then it died. And then I went and bought another one, and I put. And she was all upset about it. Yeah. So when she was at school one day, I went to the nursery, and I bought another one, and I put a blanket over it. I said, Grandma told me if I put a blanket over it for a week, it'll be okay. And then oh, as it's set up, I took the blanket. She doesn't even know this. I mean, she's 25 years old now. She doesn't know this. I took the blanket off, and I said, Look, your tree came back, and to this day, she still thinks that's the original tree. Oh, boy, you're going to have to. Well, you know, there's really nothing uh, that can be done at this point if it's getting that large. It's going to be a power. And Ron Cowgill stepped in. We got just about uh, 60 seconds here, Ron. What were you going to say about all this? I heard you need a weatherman. Oh, are you a weather guy? (laughs) Sure. Today I can be your weather guy. All right, you know, Ron, Ron, Ron. Ron, you got your time. Yeah, I know. I know. I had. I had you my hour. Yeah. Okay. You, know, you, uh, know, you, and, you and you and Rich have been very snarky lately. <laughs> Come on, Vince. 
All right. Come on, well, Ronnie. All right. <laughs> all right. Keep it down, I you, love guys. you guys. Who hey, loves your brother? Hey, Vince, take a picture. Find a good place to display it and get her picture by the Christmas tree in front of City Hall or some other wonderful place so yeah. that you finish off the story in a positive I would really, way. With I her. would really like to know who or where I could post this tree because I'll trim it back by the electrical now. So it doesn't rip my electrical wires out. Right, you got to get and it out of then, the way, but it's going to just keep growing, and there's really nothing you can oh, do. I understand yeah. it. But so. what I'm getting at is, all right, how do I get it out into the know that I want to give it to one of the villages? All right, we got to go, Vince. Thanks. Uh, Call the utility service before you get pruning. You have to stay away from those electric. Back lines. with they Melinda Myers right after this. All right. Groundhog Day. Everybody, polka. A couple of Polacks in here. You, you can't do that. We're bouncing off the walls. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. It's Novak and Malecki. Come on. Uh, and Melinda Myers, guess what? Rick DeMaio is uh, on the line, so I've got to let you uh, I gotta let you go. But uh, you wanted to get in a real good point about uh, pruning that tree that Vince called about just a second ago. So let's let's reiterate that before we let you go. Thank you, Vince. Call your utility company. You yes. need to you need to stay away from those lines. They will come out. There are some strict regulations, even for arborists. They have to have self, special certification to prune around the line. So you don't want to mess with that. You can stand there and watch them work if that'll make you feel better. But give them a call. You need to stay away. Or if it's a line from the main line to your house, they'll drop that line while it gets pruned and then reattach wow. it. You don't want to mess with you don't want to mess with pruning tools near electric lines and you and your safety. So give them a call and they'll give you the directions on what you need to do next. Because safety is first, and that's why when we're doing big trees, you and I mentioned look for a certified arborist. Trees are good. I think it's .org, but Trees Are Good will get you there, and you can find a certified arborist in your area. And those are people who have tested and shown their proficiency and dedication to the arboriculture. That's an arborist speaking as well. Treesaregood.org or .com, one or the other. We'll get to it. Uh, (laughs) And and you want more information on pruning and picking a landscape contractor, which we didn't get to, but there are a lot of great places to go. And one of them is melindamyers.com, M-Y-E-R. S. Melinda, thank you so much. It's always great talking to you. You too. Thanks so much. You guys have a great rest of your weekend. All right, you too. And Mr. DeMaio, meteorologist extraordinaire, is on the phone. Give me 60 seconds, Rick. I'll be right with you. If you're a gardener, and even if you're not, you might think that nothing grows and nothing blooms in the doldrums of winter. Forgive me for mentioning this, but it's not that hard to have real live blooms at this time of year. And the Chicagoland Gardening Magazine proves that in their annual January-February planning issue, which features a story about how many different kinds of indoor plants can keep you in touch with nature, even now. Hey, if I can keep them alive, that should give the rest of you hope. On the other hand, if you read my column on the inside back page of each issue, I fear that you will lose hope. 
Ah, the yin and yang of growing things. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. But if you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. Mr. DeMaio, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Mike. Boy, you guys have a lot of energy. You don't need two hours, you need three hours. Uh, we do. We we need to get our two hours so that we can have your expanded segment, uh, <laughs> you know, for one thing, because uh, we love you and we know that our oh, listeners love that. you. And um, uh, so we're hoping that happens real soon. I'll just let folks know we're off at 11 today, but uh, in the future, I think we're going to get the two hours back or get to two yeah, hours. Yeah, because there, Mike and Peg is a ton to talk about. You know, I was out in Seattle last week uh, at the uh, American Immunological Society conference. I was there from Saturday through Wednesday. The conference actually went uh, all the way through Thursday. I had to fly back Wednesday afternoon. But uh, real quickly, after I spoke with you and Peg uh, early Saturday morning, uh, got in my rental car, drove all the way uh, to the Washington coastline, a beautiful little town, about yeah, about a thousand people called Ocean Shores, Washington, which is basically right over, uh, overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Had some lunch, and I was talking to the wait- waitress, and she noticed that I wasn't from the area. She says, "Are you guys here visiting?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in Seattle for the for the um, conference." She goes, "Where are you guys marching today?" And I'm like, "Well, I didn't march because I had to leave, but the the, the ground swell of support." So that march in Seattle went from 15,000 to 45,000 to t- almost 150,000 people over the course of three days. It was the largest march ever in the history of Seattle. And in Ocean Shores, Washington, guys, a small town of 1,000 people, they had 150 people march. What wow. does that tell you? What does that tell you about about how far-reaching this is? Yeah, so, it's, I was – I was, I was- I was marching here in Chicago with uh, 250,000 uh, of my closest friends. It was your birthday celebration. It was my birthday celebration last week. So <laughs> That was, yeah, and, and the weather was gorgeous. Yeah. And real quickly, before we get into the Pacific. And, 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 uh, and, and, and let me just say, we're, we're live, yeah. we're streaming live on Facebook right this second. So folks listening and want to go to Facebook Live, we're, we're doing oh, it. Terrific. Get a shout out of the banner there, Peg. There we go. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Rick. Good, good, good thing I shaved. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but the wonderful thing about that area is that I drove about another 50 miles up the coast, about 30 miles inland, went to the entrance of Olympic National Forest and drove as far as I could along the road. And guess what I came across, guys? My own. The largest, the largest spruce tree in the world. Sitka spruce. Wow. The, the, Rick, you <laughs> were, you were a like? mile from where my house used to be, my vacation house, right on that road uh, at Lake Quinault. Oh, is it Mike? Is that lodge not the most quintessential place in the world? Just to just to as you described last week, you smell earth there, don't you? Yes, you do. That lodge is amazing, yeah. and it looks right out on the lake, and it's a glacier-fed lake yeah. surrounded by mountains, and it's just awesome. Yeah, and it was amazing, and the largest spruce tree in the world is there. So I know we don't have a lot of time, but let me tell you real quickly. Um, this conference is normally attended to by about maybe four thousand forty-two hundred people. There were 4,700 attendees. It was a record. Most of the conference was dealing with climate change, the other part, aviation weather, severe weather, education. Every single conference, sub-conference that I went to about climate change, literally you, were, you, you couldn't get a seat. People were lining up along the back of the wall. People were lining up against the side of the wall. 
They had a presidential conference, meaning you had the foremost top people uh, in the field of meteorology and climate change and research and academia fielding questions from the audience. And one of the conferences, believe it or not, was how do we go forward for the next four years due to the current presidential administration? We've never had conferences like that before. No. So these are not only people who are talking about trying to continue the research, but how to do the research, particularly yeah. when Monday morning we wake up and there's this blank edict from the federal government saying, or from the president, that all federal jobs are frozen yep. and anybody who works for the EPA cannot blog. Mike, you wouldn't believe the sad faces that were walking around. And this is science. I know. Really, it was, it, was almost, it was almost like going to a wake at some point. You know, uh, and in the past it would have been, how do we nudge the administration uh, to move in the, right. air, uh, in the, the, the proper direction of regarding right. climate change? And now it's, right. how do we put one foot in front of the other for the next four years? Right. It's, right. That's it, really it, it changed. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, it, almost, it, it was almost like we, we went back about literally 10 years. It, it really is sad. Yeah. Uh, so I know I know we can spend more time talking about this, and we will I'll send you some stuff about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but real quickly, um, forecast for us. And I know we only have about a minute here. We may get a little bit of snow, mainly east of us during the day tomorrow due to some lake enhancement. But the chances still of any significant snow around here for the next five days is zero. Wow. We could get some more. We could get some snowfall generally south of us next Saturday and Sunday. But the overall pattern does still appear to be dry. And I do think if we go through Sunday without any accumulating snow, that'll be 0.4 inches for the month of January. That'll be the fourth least snowiest January ever in the history of Chicago. And those records go all the way back to 1871. That's amazing. So we, we uh, I take it we are not officially in the snow drought anymore? Um, I think we're in the snow drought. <laughs> Even though we may get some snow next week, uh, we're still in the snow drought. But oddly enough, I know we got to finish up here. Okay. We've had some decent rainfall this month. Yeah, so the rainfall but not is snow. good, but I'd still like to have some snow. All right, Rick, thank you. Um, we yeah. were gonna we're gonna talk about all this going forward. So have a great uh, weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Mike. All right, that's it. Thanks to Melinda Myers, Rick DeMaio, Peggy Malecki, still holding the phone on Facebook. Go green or. Go, Go home. home. See you next week. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.